the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Great to be with you today. What a day we have. What a great guest we have. In a few moments, we'll talk with Peter W. Wood, uh, Dr. Peter W. Wood, who has written a new book called 1620, a critical response to the 1619 Project, which is a very clever title and also really good. Peter Wood was actually at the um, event when I was there, the White House Conference on the Constitution. He was one of the panelists. It was an extraordinary event in the in the archives, the National Archives, in the presence of the Constitution. An extraordinary panel. It was soon after that that the President of the United States, Donald Trump, announced the uh, 1776 Commission to get ourselves educating uh, back into, um, into uh, the real way we should be educating and not all this uh, new school uh, well oh, it's the word uh, BS uh, anyway so Peter Wood we'll talk with him in a few minutes and uh, I have to tell you one of the things I want to ask him is um he is somebody who has a perspective for a long time. He, I think he's the president. I'm going to make sure the title's right. Uh, the National Association of Scholars. Yeah, president, uh, which is a, a con- more conservative group that tries to fight for good uh, history and good education and see what he thinks about a new recent report that said even private schools are messing things up. They're not doing very well. So we'll talk with him in a minute. And we also will visit with a new guest on the program. His name is Garland Favorito, who is going to talk about Dominion's testimony, the Dominion CEO uh, who, who uh, testified in Michigan and how flawed that testimony was. Pretty damning when you hear the details. So we'll get to all that later on in the program and we'll finish up the program. I'll give you what you need to do, what you need to do, the window today for the weekend because uh, we'll be back again after the weekend. So uh, first of all, let me say Go over to ProAmericaReport.com and you can get all of Ed Martin's Pro America radio show segments there, but also you can sign up for What You Need to Know, the daily wink email, What You Need to Know, the wink. And you get the wink email in your email box, 5 a.m. Pacific time, 8 a.m. East Coast time, and in between, wherever you are, you'll get 7 a.m., uh, 6 a.m. in the mountains. Um, and, uh, and, and I tell you, we put this together, I work with our team to try to make sure that you get what you need to understand what's happening in the the country and what's happening uh, going around. So um, the uh, the let's see. So uh, what I want to tell you about is this. What I want to ask you is this. Do you know what it's like to get attacked in public? I don't mean attacked physically. I mean attacked uh, in terms of attention. And and it's happened to me a few times. And I, and, and here's what I here's why I'm saying that is the news broke a sa- the well sometime earlier today that uh, uh, Congressman Paul Gosar, the uh, congressman from Arizona, and uh, and a congressman from Arizona, and it, it, he he has had um, he has had the. Um, uh, threats made on his life and not just threats, credible threats that they've investigated and that they are now uh, giving him a 24 hour, I don't know if it's 24 hour uh, protection. And so he, and here's what I want to say. 
When you're in public life, um, the, the, the one thing that you need to know about public life is um, if you're doing something right, you're going to get attacked. If you're doing nothing, you're going to get praised. Now, that may sound a little funny, but if you're doing something right, if you're standing up for, say, pro-life, if you're standing up for uh, different causes, if you stand up for the right things, you're going to get attacked. It's just, it's very predictable. And so what happens is a lot of people, they're out there and they're doing nothing, or even they're just doing, and sometimes doing bad stuff, and they'll get praised. If you do nothing, you'll get praised. Oh, what a thoughtful guy. What a, you know, it's stories about your, uh, your, how you got here, or how you got into public life. You do the right thing, pro-life, stand up for the right, the Constitution. And here's another thing. If you're good, if you're talented and capable, they'll really try to run you out of public life. So Paul Gosar, they've tried for years because he's a fearless conservative. And now... They're threatening him with bodily harm. By the way, the same threats against him are lodged at some of the other Stop the Steal uh, uh, organizers, my colleagues and friends. We all banded together, and they're threatening them too. Now, here's what you need to know. This only happens now because we're getting close to the truth. In other words, they didn't board up the, the city streets in, in America uh, for the November election because they thought Republicans would riot. They were bullying Americans. They were saying, if it goes wrong, we're going to riot and, we're, and people are getting ready for it. And right now what you're seeing is too many people are making too much progress and so the bullies are out. I spoke last night with some of the organizers of the Jericho March, the folks that just last weekend had this massive march, and I was one of the, I, I wasn't really an organizer, I can't claim that status, I was a helper. I was one of the sort of coordinators and people that helped it go along, and and by doing that, I thought I could play a role in being able to... Um, uh, you know, facilitate things. And I did, but they were really the visionaries. So uh, one guy, one, one, one gentleman's name is Rob Weaver. He's been on the program, uh, and, uh, arena Grasso, a uh, very impressive two people that started this thing. Well, uh, arena was telling me that the Jericho marches take place in every capital city. They're not just on in the U S capital. They're in every capital city where people want to come together and march and they march in prayer, especially in the contested States. But, uh, arena told me that in Georgia, the Antifa showed up at the time and the place of the Jericho March to intimidate people that were marching. Now, again, why? Is it just because the people are evil and they want to do evil things? Maybe. But the more likely thing is they want to draw attention. They want to intimidate people. They want to be bullies. Remember, one of the things that we're watching is the bullying of the American people by the media and the propaganda push that you just have to give up and say it was a fair election. Just give up. Don't don't look too close. You're supposed you're not supposed to be un, it's un-American to be asking so many questions. It's it's degrading the democracy, the Democratic Republic. If you ask too many questions, it's nonsense. But that's it. That's a form of bullying. But when Antifa shows up, they don't show up for uh, for uh, uh, reasons of sort of, oh, serendipity. Oh, let's go see that. No, no. It's a targeted effort ramped up. We know this. The left organized. If you've listened to David Horowitz on my program once, you've listened to him 20 times. The, the left organizes to intimidate, to bully. They're not nice people. They're not disinterested people. They're not people that are just kind of moving along saying, oh, well, what's the deal? What is the, um, you know, what's the story? You know, and it's, um, it is amazing to me to watch what happens as Antifa 
you know, moves forward and suddenly is coming out after all these different people. It's one thing on the rallies. It's one thing on the, uh, um, you know, the uh, the um, uh, events that are happening to see bits and pieces. It's another thing that uh, when people are uh, are targeted and are and, and are focused on by Antifa. It's extraordinary to see. So uh, I, I have to say it's um, one of the things that has um, really been uh, amazing to watch is the response. And here's what I want to tell you. What you need to know is it means that people are actively engaged in succeeding. They're engaged in succeeding. And that's the key here. That's the key to what we're watching. We're watching the people who are wanting the elections to be uh, to be a um, uh, to be a focus uh, of of reform and and uh, is extraordinary and it's amazing to watch because. They're starting to attack. They're starting to write pieces in the papers. You know, this is actually what happened to Sidney Powell. Sidney Powell, when she started succeeding with um, with uh, all of the different uh, ways that she was reaching out uh, and, and kind of making clear, you know, she started defending Mike Flynn, General Flynn, but then she started to actually uh, succeed in, in smoking out and exposing the whole of the deep state. And so what was going on there, which is extraordinary, is... She really got flack because she wasn't just actually fighting for General Flynn. She was fighting the whole apparatus. And now that she's out publicly, you see what happened with Lynn Wood. They come after Lynn Wood all the time. Now, two things to know. One is if you're getting if people that are on the side of good are being attacked in the press or threatened, you know they're making progress. But the second thing is don't believe it. Be careful not to believe it. Be careful not to believe what's uh, happening and be careful to understand uh, what's uh, going on behind the scenes with these kinds of things. Because what you, you need to be very much the doubting Thomases, the people who are saying, hey, what, what is that? What are they saying? Because the fake news is so fake, it's almost impossible to accept anything. But it's extraordinary to see uh, what um, uh, what was uh, what's going on and what is happening. So it is um, really exciting and, uh, and 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 a positive thing. You should be upbeat about it and uh, be encouraged about it and uh, and you know moving ahead. Um, and so it's um, you know, but I'll be prayerful. Be careful if you're one of the people that's in public life. Definitely be careful about what you're seeing and doing. But also just understand it's progress. That's what you need to know. All right, we'll take a break. Be right back. Ed Martin here in the Pro America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. It's great to be with you again. I've been looking forward to this interview. In my hands is a book by Peter W. Wood, and it's called 1620, A Critical Response to the 1619 Project. It's by Encounter Books, and so everywhere you buy books, you can get it. And uh, uh, Peter, I have to tell you, my listeners know, I read the first and last chapter of books, and then I bounce around inside it. I don't always read them all the way through, so I've, I'm about halfway through uh, total pages. Uh, so thank you for writing this. First thing I want to ask you, though, is a broader question, and and I should say uh, your 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 um, renown in part comes from being the president of the National Association of Scholars, which has been a counterweight to the left in the in the academia uh, in the academy. So um, now. But the broad question is this. In the first sentence of the book, you talk about how uh, on August 18th, 2019, the New York Times published a magazine, the New York Times magazine on the 1619 project. Putting aside the project for a second, 
how powerful is a world is the world we're in where the mainstream media can promulgate something and for a long time it, it, i mean no i'd say a long time it, it became part of the of the understanding of people lots of people maybe most people until you and others started deconstructing it but i mean if you just think of the power of the 1619 project t- seems totally made up to me total nonsense but it was it's already a part of the culture because of the new york times well, the New York Times has a special place in the left liberal world. What it says is a kind of gospel handed down to the rest of the media. So even the the broadcast media uh, follow whatever the Times says. The Times now says that the uh, uh, the American experiment began with the arrival of slaves in Virginia 400 years ago, so it must be so. And as you say, it, it takes a while for conservatives to get up and answer this and answering a lie usually takes a lot more words than the lie itself yeah it's uh we're talking about peter w woods so all right now to the now to the um now to the heart of this um again as a a, a, as an observer i'm not a historian i look at it and i say they kind of just made this up and they figured no one would question it i mean you know that somehow the american founding is is based on 1619 um it in the in the scope of sort of gall, you know, the, how dare you do this? This seems off the charts, right? That they would think they could do this. Is it? Are they losing the battle even with uh, mainstream academia? Well, no. I think what what would have to say about this is that first of all, mainstream academia just fell silent. It was only the sort of most prominent historians in the country who thought they could defy the edicts of political correctness that you found mm. real opposition to this. And they they had already stolen the, uh, uh, a lead on everybody else. By the time the 1619 Project was launched, they'd already teamed up with teachers' unions and thousands of teachers to turn it into a curriculum and bring it right into right. the schools as of September of that year. So before school boards even knew it existed, it was being taught in their classrooms. And I'm afraid it continues to be, no matter how much of a fuss the rest of us make, uh, the teachers have, many teachers have just taken it in. Uh, we're talking with uh, Peter W. Wood, and as I mentioned, he is the president of the National Association of Scholars. His new book is called 1620, A Critical Response to the 1619 Project. So um, one of the things I liked in here is at some point I made a note of this. You said if the 1619 term project were a term paper, any knowledgeable fair-minded teacher would give it an F and be done with it. And and it, it demonstrates not only incompetence in handling basic facts and goes on from there. Um, I guess the question I have, I want to compare this. Our listeners, we've talked about Common Core, and Common Core got popular a few years ago and we haven't heard much about it you know but it was it was the notion that there was going to be a, a sort of top-down curriculum that would be managed and, and other people knew better i know i'm not doing a good job on this but it, it, it that was how it felt on the 1619 project um is is that it or is it how does it fit together with common core how does it fit together with the national curriculum and h- how did they think they could sort of do it when they were with a Republican administration. Did they figure, well, we have local control of our school boards and all. We're not going to bother. We don't care. I mean, where where does this fit in the sort of movement of education? 
Well, that's a fascinating question. It would take a while to answer it completely, but here's a few pieces of it. The Common Core was uh, presented as a state-level thing in Obama administration and Arne Duncan is... uh, Secretary of Education managed to swoop it up and use the uh, stimulus funds to incentivize right. states to adopt it. Um, and right. it's a pernicious thing. I wrote a whole book against the Common Core as well. Yes. It, it was a <laughs> yep, um, uh, the Common Core uh, does, however, have no history in it at all. It abolished history in favor of just teaching uh, a form of mathematics and what they called the English language arts, and history was to be absorbed in the English language arts. That left this sort of gaping hole where people who taught history were set free to teach whatever they wanted, a great many of them took up Howard Zinn's People's History of the United States as the uh, the plug that they would fill into that hole. Um, so mm-hmm. right. kind of left-wing, anti-American history has been in the works all along, not through the Common Core, but because the Common Core just set history aside. Uh, 1619 Project is another sort of plug-in. They didn't need to have uh, the Department of Education or anything happen in the federal level, and they didn't wait for local school districts to adopt it either, although some did. Chicago and Buffalo and several other major cities jumped right in. Instead, they went to the teachers' unions, told the teachers, look, here's a free curriculum. We'll provide all the materials. All you need to do is teach it. And teachers who are always hungry for made-to-order lesson plans and stuff that they can just pick Mm -hmm. up and go with adopted it. We know tens of thousands of teachers have adopted it. Their school boards, in many cases, have no idea that that's happened. And if you go to the school boards and ask them, are you teaching the 1619 Project, they'll say, oh, no, we didn't ever approve that. No, well, no, they didn't, and they didn't have to because it was already there. Um, so this stealth kind of adoption is what the Times was counting on. If you get the uh, the people on the front lines using it, then it doesn't really matter what the state policy is or the local school district policy is. Um, I think we need to educate those school board members. Now, of course, in many school districts, the school boards are dominated by people who were picked and promoted by the teachers' unions, and that's a really bad sign as to what what they're up to. Uh, if you want to fight mm-hmm. something like the 1619 Project, you start by making sure that the members of your school board are allies, and if they're not allies, then elect some who are or run for it yourself. That's only mm-hmm. the only way this will ever be stopped. Uh, we're talking with Peter W. Wood. Again, the book is 1620, A Critical Response to the 1619 Project. Um, so uh, you, 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 you may... Um you won't be surprised if you know the Schlafly family. I work for Phyllis Schlafly, Phyllis Schlafly. Her oldest son is John Schlafly, who I work with now. And John, I think in preparation for this, or maybe just in general, sent me an email and said, um, the private schools, there's, there's surveys now, the private schools have been sort of uh, overtaken. You know, in other words, the, the curriculum, not just 1619 necessarily, but uh, but in general. And and, and there's the, the, the uh, essay went on to say, you know, it's fewer and fewer of the private schools that are able to be sustained, you know, because they're teaching the same kind of nonsense. I, I guess my question is, um, 
you know, and, and the pandemic sort of shown a light on in a lot of ways that, you know, people uh, either saw the schools weren't good enough or saw some things they didn't like. You know, where are we in terms of education? I mean, is the system completely crashing? Well, close to it. I mean, private schools are on the whole, at least the elite private schools, uh, further to the left than the public schools are. So uh, he's right about that. Um, if you want high-quality education, you have to be very careful about the school that you pick. There are good ones out there. They're oftentimes small. They can be expensive. I think homeschooling is an option if you've got the time or can get into a coalition of other parents who are ready to say goodbye to state schools. Uh, I think that that's an option for us. But we are faced as a country now with a uh, system of K-12 education that leaves an awful lot to be desired. Um, in some cases, they're teaching what amounts to an anti-American curriculum, and uh, that's where we are unless you are a parent who is uh, aware of that and ready to step up and do what's necessary to make sure your kids actually learn some real American history, know something about the founding, understand how our freedoms came about and why they're not just something we can take for granted, then there's going to be trouble. Your kids are going to be relentlessly exposed all the way through college and graduate school if they go there to a single propagandistic line that promotes America as a place that uh, is overwhelmed by its faults, that uh, we were founded in slavery and have been an oppressive state ever since. One one last question. Uh, Peter W. Wood, the book is 1620, a critical response to the 1619 Project Encounter books. Um, if there is, I, I, I refuse to admit it yet, uh, a Biden administration, does 1619 Project sort of get accelerated into the, like you said, that Arnie uh, Duncan p- scooped up uh, Common Core from, you know, state efforts and made it a and, and kind of weaponized it? Is that what you would uh, fear happening? I definitely fear that happening if there is a Biden administration, and I, too, am praying that there will not be. But if there is, I expect that the 1619 Project will be fit right in as one of the anti-racist efforts of the Biden administration. That is a, a belief that we're a systemically racist society, and the way to combat that is to teach a mythology like that promoted by The New York Times. Hmm. Wow. Okay. Hey, thank you, Peter W. Wood. Thanks for all you do. I, I, joy, I enjoyed seeing it the, uh, the, a few months ago at the White House conference on, I think it was the White House conference on the Constitution or the, on history. It was an extraordinary panel. And uh, thank you for writing the book. And uh, we'll have you back on again. I appreciate it very much. Uh, uh, have a great day. Thank you so much for having me. All right. We'll take a break and be right back. That was uh, Peter W. Wood. Again, the book is 1620, a critical response to the 1619 project. And uh, it is available in counter books. Uh, well worth checking out. Nice, uh, nicely written. And uh, for the layman who doesn't know all the education fights, I know most of them. Uh, it's, it's very helpful. So we'll take a break and be right back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. 
Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Our next guest, a very interesting topic and a very important topic. His name is Garland Favorito. He's a co-founder of Voters Organized for Trusted Election Results in Georgia, Voter GA. You know how you do those things. It's a nonpartisan, nonprofit volunteer organization getting to the bottom of what's going on, getting integrity in the elections. He himself is a longtime IT guy uh, and has lots of experience. And so it is perfect to talk about one of the topics. When I saw this flagged, Garland, it was uh, the Dominion CEO. And, you know, I mentioned to you off the air, I was chairman of the Board of Elections in 2005 and six in St. Louis, Missouri. We, that was the year the Help America Vote Act had kicked in enough. It passed in like 2002 or three that we had money to buy new machines. And I think Dominion had a different name at the time, but I, I can't remember, Diebold or ES&S, whoever. But the systems were there and we were watching them. And when I saw this guy testify, the Dominion guy, I didn't see all the testimony. I thought, man, he's double talking on this totally. So first of all, welcome Garland Favorito uh, to the program. How are you? Great. Thanks so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. And and um, I wanted to add a couple of points that you were uh, talking about. Please. On, on the, yeah. um, so the Dominion, uh, you were right. Dominion actually required the intellectual property to Debold that you were just mentioning. And that intellectual mm-hmm. property included the software, which was also has something uh, called what we call fraction magic, which is a weighted uh, voting system. And that's what can mm-hmm. be used to, to flip votes mm-hmm. um, in, in, in anywhere that uh, those machines are used. Well, so explain that, because, you know, some of Patrick Byrne, the uh, the Overstock.com CEO, some of his tech guys had me over and I, I went through this and they talked about this and, and, and explain what that means. If you have a machine and you have 10 ballots and you get ready to run them, how, how can you weight the ballots? If a ballot says Biden and one says Trump, isn't it one for Biden, and one for Trump? How does how does the weighting fit into this? Yeah, it's kind of a complicated process, but I think to simplify it, you can just yeah. think about uh, 10%. Let's say it was 10%. And it flipped every 10th vote. Um, every 10th vote could be flipped from one candidate to another. Um, but they okay. actually have a more complicated uh, algorithm where they can go down to fractions of percentages and that sort of a thing. And then they would, what they would do is they would collect all the votes and then apply the, the percentages. That's another mm. way they, that could be done. It, and and uh, we're talking again with uh, Garland Favorito, uh, founder of an organization in Georgia, Voter Georgia, to get uh, uh, trusted elections in Georgia. How bad was the Georgia election? I mean, we hear we hear like anecdotes of this and that and the other thing and this and that and the other thing. And of course, the media is so unfair right now. The fake news. How, how bad do you is your sense? You know, decades and decades of experience, observation, technology experience, and and also political experience. What, what's the reality in your in your instinct? Well, the the evidence uh, I think it is overwhelming that uh, the election was stolen here uh, by the, from the presidential elector votes, and it really wasn't stolen necessarily with electronics, but it was stolen uh, or appears to be stolen from a, a old fashioned electronic ballot stuffing operation that occurred in uh, Fulton County, which you've probably seen in the president's legal team videos where we have these folks who um, basically said they were stopping the scanning for the evening. The uh, monitors uh, you know, hung around for a while, then they left along with the uh, TV crew. 
And then as soon as they would left, they pulled out um, four bags of ballots from underneath a skirted table, which is in violation of Georgia law. And they, they scanned those for a couple of hours, um, those ballots, and uh, that was roughly probably about 20,000 or more votes that were scanned illegally in violation of Georgia law, which requires, uh, you know, due notice and open, you know, um, monitoring of elections process. And then uh, they, uh, after finishing that, they left with the memory cards and for tabulation. And then about 40 minutes later, the election line feed shows that Joe Biden had uh, bumped up an astronomical 100,000 or so votes, which tipped the election uh, from uh, President Trump to former Vice President Biden. Hmm. Wow. And and the at the so what is the what is the the what is the real reason that we are not getting to the bottom of in Georgia? Is it people are mad at the secretary of state and the governor? Uh, Why why aren't why aren't they? Why aren't people willing to get to the bottom of this right now? Oh, great question, Ed. And this is where it gets unbelievable. Basically, we have the Republican secretary of state covering up for the Democrats who are. Um, run Fulton County elections. And uh, that's where the problem is. He's unwilling to uh, investigate them. He's unwilling to uh, hold anyone accountable. The election board is unwilling to hold anyone accountable. Uh, They're just kind of washing their hands of the whole thing. And meanwhile, you know, the videos, uh, you know, are basically uh, pretty obvious of what went down there and even one of the people uh, one of the ladies on the video has actually admitted it uh, on social media and um, said she's praying for forgiveness for what she did and and, and hmm. meantime is, law- is lawyering up so um, yeah. it's that's the bizarre set of circumstances that we're in right now it's basically the secretary of state who is a republican is trying to cover up the election fraud that appears to have been obviously um you know uh, committed yeah is there uh, recently there was some uh, is there some announcements i mean the other problem is you have this recall election which is coming so fast i mean again if you run elections you know you're now four weeks or three and a half weeks away from an election you got a lot of work to do to get ready again i mean it's almost it really is almost impossible with this level of of uh, of uh, scrutiny and intensity is the uh is the is the January 5th election, forget about who wins and loses, is it headed towards a disaster just in terms of being able to run the election? Well, it, it seems like it to me, and I just cannot see this coming off uh, well, given that we're still have the presidential race in doubt and we're already casting votes on the next race for the U.S. Senate. Um, there could be a whole nother controversy with that as well um, in either direction, quite frankly. Um, so it, it's there's just no no telling. It just doesn't look good. Hmm. It's um, it's it is it's going to be amazing to uh, to watch. OK, well, unfortunately, time flies. And I want to thank uh, you, Garland Favorito. We'll have you back on again. Uh, very interesting topic. And uh, certainly the perspective down there in Georgia. Keep us on a short uh, uh, a short email uh, leash and let us know what's happening. Thank you for your time. All right. Thank you. Ed. All right. We'll take a break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report. 
a daily look at the significant issues of our time from an experienced conservative perspective. Sponsored by Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, this broadcast continues the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly and stands against forces that mock traditional values, slander America, and redefine the family. Now, here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. Like almost all of the rest of the world, Americans oppose the idea of putting women on the battlefield. Feminists have been trying for years to get women on the front lines, but the American people would have none of it. Feminists even tried to force women into combat by making them a part of the draft system. During the years of the fight against the phony Equal Rights Amendment, Phyllis Schlafly pounded this home because the feminists had such a losing argument. In one debate after another, Phyllis made her opponents admit that they did indeed want to force women onto the battlefield. It's no wonder the Equal Rights Amendment went down in flames because of Phyllis's focused efforts. Many people, and especially young people, are probably wondering how such a strong belief could saturate humanity for countless millennia. To answer this question, let's clear up a few issues first. I want to be very clear that I have no problem with women being in the United States military. In fact, I think women have an incredibly valuable role to play in all of our armed forces. Today, women rightly get the benefit of being exempt from combat duty while still receiving all the pay, benefits, and promotions afforded to the men. In short, they receive preferential treatment, and I'm perfectly fine with all of that. What I'm not fine with is the idea of weakening the United States Armed Forces to make a point about social justice. Of course, the point everyone always makes is, if they can meet all the same standards, what difference does it make? That silly argument ignores the clear science of the issue. Even if a woman can meet the physical requirements, and most cannot, let's be honest, that woman is still five times more likely to be injured in battle than her male counterpart. That means our military units will be five times more likely to have injured soldiers to take care of while simultaneously trying to carry out their dangerous missions. If that's not a compromise to combat readiness, I don't know what is. Now, I'm all for women in the military if they choose to join and choose to serve. But don't take away women's preferential status and diminish our military readiness. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. America is safe only when America is strong. Our national defense requires the most modern technology and best trained soldiers. And there should be no social politics or idle threats coming out of Washington. At phyllisschlafly.com, we take this work very seriously. Please visit phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Thank you for tuning in. Don't forget, you can always get that Peter Wood interview uh, that I just did over on ProAmericaReport.com. ProAmericaReport.com. Hope you'll check that out. And uh, it is great uh, to be together again. And I have to tell you a couple of things uh, to cover. Um, Number one, it is a very, very good weekend. Things are breaking uh, out. There's going to be a big rally in Arizona. There's going to be uh, some uh, attention on litigation. So keep an eye out for all that. Keep your laundry list up. I've told you, you know, keep your laundry list of the fraud, of the actions and all. But I want to ramp up your concern again. This is my weekend. What you need to do, go to stopthesteel.us, stopthesteel.us, and just pick out two senators. 
Rand Paul, Ted Cruz, Ron Johnson, Rick Scott, Josh Hawley. Those are the best in my head right now. And send them an email saying, please, we encourage you to stand with the congressman, Congressman Brooks and others in protesting against the election. Okay, we need to keep ramping that up. A lot of times what happens in uh, politics and in issues is something becomes interesting and important for a little while and then it takes too long. It sort of fades away. And so I need you to kind of stick with this one. Um, and so uh, it, 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 it's important to kind of stick in there, hang in there, and uh, and keep after these issues. Um, so and and these senators on these issues, okay? Because what the temptation will be is to kind of um, is to it, it, there's a lot going on, and you go on to the next subject, and you kind of this and that and the other. And in this case, we really need uh, we really need to have this um, this issue. We need to make sure that this issue is um, is focused. Uh, that we are that we are um, it's on people's minds and uh, on their radar screen. So just please uh, consider uh, spending a couple more minutes uh, over the weekend to get in touch. Go to stopthesteal.us and and even if you want, send it a couple times. Send it a couple times. Like say something like um, uh, if you, uh, you know, send it today and then say over the weekend, I haven't heard, I haven't heard. Remember, Tommy Tuberville, the Alabama, oh, I need to tell you this. This is important. The reason why Tommy Tuberville, the senator-elect from uh, uh, Alabama, is likely to be our best hope on this is because he doesn't know any better in the swamp speak. You know, years ago now, I did a one-page sheet called Swamp Speak, where I, I defined words. He'd say, you know, earmark, and then you'd say, like, you know, legalized bribe. It's not quite, you know, that's and was trying to be funny on this and make people think about the language of the swamp. Tommy Tuberville is a national championship football coach. He he and and when he ran for office the first time, he ran for US Senate, beat a former senator, Jeff Sessions, and then beat a sitting senator. So when somebody calls him up and says, "Hey Tommy Tuberville, uh, I'm uh, Mitch McConnell. I want to tell you how things work." You know what Tommy Tuberville says? "I kind of know how things work." I've, I've won championships and elections wherever I am. And I, you know what? I'm in Alabama. I, I'm going to stand up for Trump. I'm going to stand up for, for Donald Trump. I, why not? I, I want to. I, I see the fraud. I don't know if there's fraud in Alabama. I haven't heard that. But he says, hey, and he doesn't know that you're supposed to roll over for the swamp. He doesn't know that you're supposed to give in to the swamp movement. Uh, and so it's, it, it, it's, it's, it's actually fascinating to watch because some of the other senators that have been in office for a while or just come out of the political system, you know, most people that are senators have been, uh, elected officials or they're around the business. They know how it goes. And when the, when they say, Hey, you know, when, when somebody calls up and says, Hey, please don't put us in this position because Mitt Romney and Ben Sass have already told us they will not vote for this. And therefore you're just making us take a hard vote. It's not nice. Don't do it. We're going to lose anyway and this will endanger seats and it'll make people mad at you etc etc remember how badly they pressured rand and uh, and ted cruz when they were uh, filibustering and all so but tommy tuberville doesn't know any better so tommy tuberville is out there and he's saying i you know i, I mean it as a compliment he's not a swamp guy he doesn't have swamp uh, skills that's not his strength he's like hey i'm just going to do what i think is right and and why why wouldn't i do what i think is right and so that's what's happening and you know i i wonder what the conversations are like you know uh the, the what the uh, 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 uh of people that are either calling him up 
or or when Mitch McConnell says, uh, you know, can you can I talk to you? And he calls up and he says, you know, I need to talk to you. And I just because I don't think he knows the currency that he's supposed to play by. Right. And I think that's the big difference here in this uh, in this issue. Even a guy like Ron Johnson, who is he's, he's a businessman first, but he's been in office now for two terms. And so Ron Johnson is even sitting there and he's like, hey, what is the um, you know, what's the what's the what's the calculation here? Who am I going to really make mad? He's up in 2022, by the way. But that's what's happening. And so what you can do is put a little more pressure, put a little more pressure on these senators. Keep after the senators, keep the pressure on for the senators, and it'll make a difference. It'll make a difference. Just go slow but steady, slow but steady. No reason to go, you know, and there's no re- And by the way, there's n- never a good reason, never a good reason to be hostile. You, you do not want to be hostile in any way to the folks that are out there like this. It's just not good form. It's not a good thing. So just be very cool and say, hey, I want to, I want to ask you to support this. Please. And so that practically will be a very helpful thing. That's the thing we can do for senators. And you can do it over the weekend, right? You don't have to go to a rally. You don't have to show up somewhere. You can just do it very simply. Find, stop the steel.us, sign up there, and get yourself clued in, and that'll make a big difference. All right? So have a great weekend, everybody. I hope people are having a chance to get ready for Christmas, get ready for the uh, holiday season. New Year's Eve is always fun for a lot of folks, but going to be a weird one, right? There's not as much travel for people. There's um, some students that would usually be coming home from college. They're already home because everything's been shortened and all. Uh, but I hope everybody's getting ready to celebrate Christmas. If that's their holiday, if you're a, a Jewish, you've been in the middle of Hanukkah. I think it's almost over. Uh, but um, anyway, have a great weekend, everybody. We will be back uh, next week, and I'll be there all week. We're taking, I think, Christmas Day off, maybe Christmas Eve, but we got a lot to cover. It's um, thank. Thank you to Noah, our technical director, Joanna, for booking our guests, and we will be back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Talk to you then. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego.